The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. This morning is based on our lesson from Habakkuk chapter 1. We started this last week, and we're just picking it up right where we left off. And I'm going to read those verses for you now. So we're on page 9 of your bulletins if you're here in the church. If you're listening in on Zoom, you're going to want to open up your Bibles to Habakkuk chapter 1. It's a, little, it's a very unknown book. And we're going to, little by little by little, throughout these weeks here in August and September, we're going to open this up for ourselves. And I want to read that from you, for, for you now. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for i'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told i am raising up the babylonians that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own they are a feared and dreaded people they are a lot of themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. By building earthen ramps, they capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. This is the word of the Lord. If you're going to complain you should expect a response. Like, that's, that's just obvious, right? Last week, we, we, we saw Habakkuk, and he offered to God a complaint. And in many ways, we learn from him how to, how to complain well. It's as if he found that, that divine comment box, you know the one I'm talking about, where you can put in your comments about how God is, is running the world and whether it's fair and good and, and just and things like that. Habakkuk complained, and now he's going to get a response. And really, it, it, we, could, we could define what God says to Habakkuk here more narrowly. It's not just response. Not really. It's, it's more than that. It's, it's a correction. It's, it's a rebuke. It's, it's a discipline. And in, in a sense, this is a really unique opportunity. The, the Scriptures tell us this, that, that God's Word is inspired. Paul wrote to Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for encouragement, correction, and rebuke. And it's the correction and rebuke that we barely ever talk about in the church. The, the fact that sometimes God comes to us and He says, you're wrong. 
You're not behaving right. You're not thinking right. You're not believing right. You're wrong. And so this morning, we're going to see God's response. And it's really a, a correction. It's, it's a rebuke. It's a discipline on Habakkuk's life and, and really on ours too. This is about receiving a rebuke well. Now, first of all, I want to look at, at the reality of that with you. It's really important that we see the reality that God sometimes is going to come into even a prophet's life and, and rebuke him. I want to show that to you. First of all, God interrupts Habakkuk's prayer. Like he goes on for four verses, we saw that last week. He complains, he complains well, he, he makes these awful, almost blasphemous accusations against God, and God never lets him finish his prayer. He doesn't. Like, if you want to see Habakkuk finish a prayer, go to Habakkuk chapter 3. We'll look at that later in the sermon series, but he, here, the Lord's like, oh no, you're done now, Habakkuk, and he barges in. Habakkuk never gets to say amen, and, and it's more than that. See, English is a little bit of an impoverished language. You know that, right? So you, you can't see in, in the English, when you look at verbs like look, in verse 5, or watch, in verse 5, that he's not just talking to Habakkuk. He's addressing a group. Those, those are, to, to, if you want me to be, go full grammar Greek on you, those, those are plural verbs. Like he's saying, all of you listen in, but yes, I'm talking to you too, Habakkuk. Look and watch. So it's as if Habakkuk, all by himself, he's complaining to God, and he's in this divine classroom of sorts. And Habakkuk raises his hand in front of everyone. He says, God, you're not just, you're not listening to my prayer. And then God interrupts him, let me stop you right there. Habakkuk. And by the way, all of you other students, I want you to listen in too. Habakkuk, you're wrong. And I need to help you to see. And then God goes on to describe what Habakkuk can't see, and it's awful. He says, what's coming down on you, Habakkuk, is this devastatingly beautiful, powerful nation. It's almost as if God sings a song of praise to this awful, wicked people called the Babylonians. And he invokes like, like these, this poetry and these metaphors and these similes, like he reaches for the whole animal kingdom, but especially the powerful ones. And the ones that can come at you with incredible velocity and power and ruthlessness. I mean, we got wolves. We, we, got, we got eagles. We got all of these animals that, that without any mercy will devour you. He says, Habakkuk, you're wrong about me. I'm rebuking you now. That's the reality of rebuke. See, God, we might say, can rebuke us in, in two ways. And he, and he shows us both of these ways in this lesson. He can mediate a rebuke to you through his word. Like maybe you're all on your own and, and, you're, and you're reading the scriptures and, and you say to yourself, like, 
And not in a good way, you say, oh my God, I'm wrong here. And He shows that to you. Like He, he peels the blindness from your eyes. Like, or you, He can send somebody into your life and, and somebody like a pastor or a good friend can say, I, I need to show you what the Bible says about what you're doing and it's wrong, see. God can mediate a rebuke to you through His Word. That's one way that He can rebuke you. He does that here for Habakkuk. He comes to you. He comes to him through his word. He also can do it through your circumstances. It's a circumstantial rebuke. Like he can send into your life trouble, like Babylonian kind of trouble. And what he's saying to you is like, look, get sensitive to the ways that God comes into your life to rebuke you. So this is what you need to do. Like if someone comes to you with an open Bible, you need to have an open heart. This is God coming to me, mediated through the Word. Or, or if God is, is putting you in, in circumstantial trouble, He's pressing down on you. It feels like an oppression or something like that. Instead of, instead of we'll talk about this later, instead of feeling self-pity or self-blame, you need to look at those circumstances and say, God... What are you trying to teach me? God, what are you trying to show me? God, how are you trying to transform my life? See, that's what he's trying to do for Habakkuk here. He wants Habakkuk to get sensitive to the ways that God will rebuke circumstantially and mediated through the Word. Now, it's not all. We also want to look at the difficulty of rebuke. So, so, so far, we, we've seen the reality of re- rebuke, that God's going to come into our life r- really and truly to teach us something, to correct us, to rebuke us, to, punt, to, to dis- discipline us. Now I want to show you the difficulty of it. This is what the Lord says to Habakkuk. I want to focus on really three words from verse 5. He says, Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed. Utterly amazed. That's what the English says. The Hebrew says the word amazement twice. In other words, you're going to feel intense emotion about this. And I want you to know that amazement, sometimes it can be read up or down. It can be a positive thing or a negative thing, but here's the negative thing. You're going to be stunned. It's going to be that bad. Habakkuk, your jaw is going to be on the ground. Like you're, This is going to be like scream two or scream three or scream four, and you're really going to be looking at it. It's not going to be a joke. See, it's going to be that bad. See, rebuke sometimes will leave your jaw on the ground and wondering why. And you need to know that. Sometimes, like, I think that we think that, that God is just there to be our comforter. Like, He's just going to make us affirm us in all of our choices. He's going to affirm us in all of our beliefs. And He's just going to say, you're, you're a good little boy or you're a good little girl. And everything that you think you do is perfect and they're wrong. All the rest of them are wrong. But no. Sometimes God's going to come into your life and it's going to feel awful. 
You're going to be stunned and amazed at how bad it feels emotionally. And what I want you to do is, is, is realize like when those moments come in your life, not to just write them off, not to just can't cancel people, or you, simply you, can't, you put up your roadblock, I can't hear this right now. But instead to say, God, is, is this really from you? And to say, I know it is. The fact of the matter is that we need to be open to having our hearts devastated emotionally. And sometimes we'd actually need to ask people into our lives to do that. I had someone say to me, she said, she said, Pastor, I need you to tell me when I'm wrong. And I thought, I barely see such faith in all of Israel. We need, to, we need to invite people into our lives that are going to actually tell us when we're wrong. Don't just affirm me. You know, tell me if I'm wrong, even if it's going to hurt me. See, the truth of the matter is we need to trust. And I think there's an aphorism out that trust the wounds of a friend. We can trust those wounds. And you know who's the best friend of all? Greater love. Is it, what did Jesus say? I wrote this down. Has no one than this than to lay down his life for a friend? So when Jesus sends someone into your life to wound you, when he sends circumstances in your life to rebuke you, you can receive that and trust the wounds of a friend. Sometimes it's going to hurt. It's going to be emotionally difficult. So now we've seen the reality of rebuke. We've also seen the difficulty of it. Now I want to show you the purpose of it. The purpose of it. And here's the purpose of it. Habakkuk gives it to us. The Lord said to Habakkuk, Look at the nations and watch. And then he said, For I am going to do something I am raising up. So here's the purpose of rebuke. The purpose of, the re of rebuke for Habakkuk was a sense. This is one of the five senses. In other words, Habakkuk, I'm going to help you to see like I see. I'm going to help you to watch like I watch. See, a lot of our lives, we, we live with these horse blinders on. We, we just cannot see. We cannot get what's going on. But for a moment here, Habakkuk gets to have the horse blinders taken off so that he can see like God does. It's as if God can see laterally, but we can't. God, through rebuke, wants to peel off the blindness to help us to see and to watch. But more than that, he wants to center God's action in our life. So Habakkuk, he's looking out at the world, and he's like, God, I don't, I don't understand where you are. You've gone silent. You're nowhere. You're not saving. You're not hearing. And God says, oh, yes, I am. So he helps to see that God... His sovereignty, his power is at the center of everything. That's why he says, 
I'm doing this. I'm raising up the Babylonians. Now, this is so helpful. This is so, so helpful because what can happen is when we're receiving a rebuke from God is that we, we just wallow in self-pity. Oh, me or my, I cannot believe this is happening to me. Or, or we can wallow in self-blame, like this is all my fault and you're just stuck in it as if we don't have a redeemed, crucified, risen Savior. But Habakkuk here opens up a tantalizing new possibility that when hardship comes into our life, it's actually from God. And that God is helping us to see that God is at the center of it. Now, this is, this is so helpful. This is so helpful for me. So, you know what that means then? He replaces self-pity and self-blame with the possibility of transformation. Oh, this is a hardship. God, it's from you. You're wanting me to grow. God, you're you're wanting to change my character. God, you're wanting me to learn to trust in you more. God, you're wanting me to live by faith. We're going to get to that part of the book of, of Habakkuk. And all of a sudden, your circumstances haven't changed not even one little bit. But you know what has changed? You. You've changed. You've let the rebuke move you to a new place. You see, this is God's purpose in a rebuke that that you would be able to see and center God in your life, and it moves you to the possibility of real spiritual transformation. I got one more thing I want to share with you. So we've seen the purpose. We've seen... um, the reality, and we've seen the discomfort, the emotional discomfort of rebuke. And finally, I want to show you the grace of this. And this is so cool. You know what God doesn't do when he interrupts Habakkuk's prayer right here? He doesn't smush him like an ant. <laughs> he, he doesn't come out like all angry and, he does, and come, oh, Habakkuk, this again. Oh, no. <laughs> Instead, He comes into his life with grace and forgiveness and redemption. He even listens well to Habakkuk. You know, a lot of times it doesn't happen well, especially in in close relationships like marriage. Communication and conflict. You know that, right? Like, when when there's conflict and you're trying to set the other person right, instead of actually listening to what the other person is saying, you're already thinking about your response to them and how you're going to show them that they're wrong. God doesn't do that. He listens to Habakkuk. If you go back and read those first four verses that we looked at last week, what, what, what we see is that God picks up the same exact verbal language of Habakkuk. Habakkuk says, God, you're making me look at this. And God says, you're going to want to look at this instead. God, you're letting all this violence happening. And God says, oh no, I'm bringing the violence through the Babylonians. God is listening and he's saying, Habakkuk, I've got this. You know what God has to do in our lives to save us and to transform us? He always has to do at least two things. The first thing that he has to do is he has to give us new life. And he does that abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
He, he robes you in the righteousness of Christ. He's got to give you new life. But you know what the second thing he always has to do is? He, he's got to kill sin in your life. He can't let it just continue on. He's got to reproach it. He's got to rebuke it. He's got to cut it out. It's like a cancer. He has to give you new life. He does that abundantly through Jesus Christ. And then he comes to us in his word. It's the grace of rebuke. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we know that we can trust your wounds or that are difficult to take because you have shown us the, the meaning of friendship in Jesus Christ who gave himself for us so richly and fully. Help each of us here today to begin to ask the question, God, what are you trying to do in my life through our pains and struggles? And let it transform us. Let us, let us recognize the reality of rebuke, the difficulty of it, to and also the grace of it, that you love us enough not only to give us new life, but also to point out what's wrong with, with the old life that still clings to us so, so, so um, ferociously. Continue to deliver us, dear Father, and we ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>